0: Good evening, and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host, Joyrider, coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co hosts, Chatty G, Silent Shay, and Floofmaster Toby. And this is our second anniversary! That's right! Not only is it episode 101, it's also the beginning of season 3. I am always in awe of the fact that this thing that was really initially supposed to be a one-off is still going on, but, you know, I'm having fun with it and I hope you are too, so thanks for being here! Last year for the anniversary, I spoke to some of my DJ friends about what songs got them into music and DJing and things that they were currently listening to on heavy rotation. This year, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, at least not right away. And then it occurred to me that the very first episode was about Canadian music. So why not revisit that theme? I had initially thought that I would do a view on 90s Canadian alt rock and I had to get very focused about the time period to make it stay under two hours. In the end, I went with the time that I was in high school from 1990 to 1995. And even then, I still had way more material than I could fit into one show. So although in the live airing of this episode, I kept it to about two hours, I, decided that in post, I was going to add in more material and split it into two files. So, for our second anniversary, you get two episodes. BAM! And in that very first episode, I made a promise that there would be no Brian Adams and no Sarah McLaughlin's Sad Animal Song. And that, I'm happy to say, holds true for this evening as well. Right? I know, no sad animal song, that's depressing. So let's get started with a song from Toronto's own National Velvet. This is from their 1990 album called Courage. The track is called Shine On. Next up, we have a track from a group out of BC, and their name is spelled M-O-E-V, and I always thought it was pronounced MOVE, but I recently heard it pronounced MOVE, and now I'm not too sure. So unless someone comes and corrects me, I'm just gonna stick with MOVE, because I've been saying it that way since the mid-90s. This band was on network for their first two albums, and... Because Sarah McLachlan was also on network, they crossed paths during the course of this album and she actually did backup vocals on a couple of tracks, but not on the one we're going to listen to tonight. I was introduced to them in about 92, 93 via a track from their first album, which came out in 1988. It was titled, Yeah Whatever. And when I moved to Toronto, I ended up stopping in at a lawn sale that was up the block from me and there was a crate of records. So I, of course, started thumbing through them and I found a 12 inch for a single by Mauve titled Crucify Me, which was also on that first album and I got so excited, like, oh my god, you know who Moe is? And she looked at me and said, you know who they are? The drummer's my brother. So I had to buy it. (laughs) This next track is from their second album called Head Down, and it came out in the summer of 1990. And this is the title track from Moe's Head Down. Track from the Sky Diggers that came out in 1990s, probably their most famous one. It's called "I Will Give You Everything."
1: I will give you everything that you've ever wanted. With this promise, I will. I will give you anything if you don't demand it With one promise I will make you mine again I will give you everything that you've ever
0: and tapes in the past, but in case I haven't, it was my favorite record shop in my teen years. It was this little hole-in-the-wall place downstairs, and I could always find something cool at Big John's. And one day, I was going through the dollar bin of tapes, and I found a cassette in a yellow paper sleeve, and it had a picture of what looked like a club sandwich, like a line drawing in black ink of a club sandwich with a toothpick and an olive sticking out of it. And it was simply titled The Naked Ladies. Me being me, I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot. For a buck, how could you go wrong, right? And this would have been the winter of 1991, and I know this for a fact because I was hanging out with Ian, who was in my grade 9 French class, and his friend Marcus and Ian's little brother Kevin. I remember sharing my headphones with Kevin on the top of this massive snowbank that kids had sculpted into slides, almost like a castle, and he loved it. I think I ended up giving him my copy, and I'm kind of regretting that I did now because I have seen copies of The Bare Naked Ladies' first EP on eBay for 40 US, but I'm sure he enjoyed it more than I did, so all good. They ended up putting out a number of those songs again later on their first official album, which was called Gordon. But I often find that the version on the EP is a little bit more real somehow. And maybe it's because it's raw. Sometimes the polish takes away the best part of the song. Not always. Not always. But in this case, it was the version on the Sandwich EP that hooked me. So... From the Bare Naked Ladies Sandwich EP This is Brian Wilson Drove downtown
2: in the rain 9.30 on a Tuesday night Just to check out the late night Record shop Call it impulsive Call it compulsive Call it insane When I'm surrounded I just can't stop It's a matter of instinct, it's a matter of conditioning it's a matter of fact You can call me Pavlov's dog. Ring a bell and I'll salivate How'd you like that? Dr. Landy tell me you're not just a pedagogue Cause right now I am Lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well, I'm I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did So I'm lying here Just staring at the ceiling's eyes about just listening and real listening smiley smile and I'm wondering if this is some kind of creative drive because I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did well I I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did Like Brian Wilson did I had a dream That I was 300 pounds And though I was very heavy I floated till I couldn't see the ground I floated till I couldn't see the ground Whoa, somebody help me I couldn't see the ground, somebody help me Couldn't see the ground, somebody help me Because I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well, I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Just check out the late night record shop. Late night record shop. Call it a balsam. You can call it combalsam. You can call it in.
0: next track is another that I didn't hear until maybe 93, but it was actually released in 1990, and it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago that I found a copy of it. When I had heard it initially, it was a dub of a dub, perhaps of a dub. It was a very crappy cassette copy, but I managed to find it, and somehow it ended up in the hands of a label in the UK but it was recorded here in Toronto. This is Five Foot Nothing and the track is called In A Dream. The Odds put out their first album, which was called Neapolitan. I don't recall how I discovered it. It might have been that uh, I saw the video for Wendy Under the Stars on Much Music, or just that I was in a record store and I saw the cassette and thought, huh, that looks cool. Because I would do that, much like with the Sandwich EP. I would judge an album based on its cover and the song titles. And if it sounded like something that would appeal to me based on the titles and the record label and the graphics, I would buy it. Disposable Income was a blast. But uh, however I found it, that album was fantastic. And one of the songs that I don't think got a ton of play but was really quite solid is this next one. From the Odds, this is the song, love is the subject. This next band is another that I didn't find out about until 1992, but they released an album, their first really, in 1991, and it was called Clown, Heaven, and Hell. So this band was really big in Montreal, and it hit big here in Toronto as well. Their shtick is basically ska, and uh, they had, I think, 10 members at one point. I managed to finally get to see them live at EDGE Fest, and I think I've shared this story before where the lead singer invited people to come on stage, and this was at the rotunda. So I dove over a shrubbery, through part of a fence, ran down the aisle, and hopped onto the stage, and I ended up singing the French lyrics. Into the mic with Nasty Gus for everybody's got AIDS. I'm talking about Mimmo and Morgan Thaller, and I decided I had to play this next one, especially because it is very much a piece of its time. And if I'm not mistaken, this next track was recorded live at uh, Le Fufu Electrique. So, from Clown Heaven and Hell, this is Mimmo and Morgan Thaller's Spittle on My Chin.
2: Anybody find a shoe? This person here lost his shoe.
3: Is there a shoe roaming around? If there is, throw it at me. Yo, I hate that when people dance, dance right out of their clothing. I'd like to make this dedication, too. This song's for Brian Mulroney and his wonderful political policies. And the intelligence of this song, I think, should represent the intelligence of the government of this nation. Brian Mulroney, this is for you, you wonderful, intelligent man. It's called spittle on my chin.
1: No chin was ever more deserving, big guy. Yeah, bastard.
4: Spittle on my lower left chin.
2: I like it when I drool, it really makes me grin. When I go outside, I feel like I could win. Amazing stuff that spittle on my chin. I Watched it unfurl I watched it wave In the gentle autumn breezes I stay out too long And me bum begins to freeze So I said, I like it when I drool I said I like it when I drool and I rarely cause a fuss but I like it when I do I,
1: say I like it when I do
0: at the Yamakombo here in Toronto on Spadina and uh, this was before I was able to go see them. They ended up leading the entire crowd down Spadina and th- some of them were in fun fur and they still had their instruments and stuff and they were all singing Everybody's Got Aids. So up next we've got one that is delightfully offensive. The band themselves love to stir up trouble. Uh, One of their earlier albums had a cartoon drawing of Ronald and Nancy Reagan on it, and I can't remember which album that was off the top of my head, but I think it might have been Here Today, Guano Tomorrow. This album, however, which came out in 1991, was entitled Two Dogs Fucking, and the cover art is of two huskies on a Canadian stamp doing the business, and they actually bothered to have the title in French and English, which amuses me. This is the title track from that album.
4: and immediately brought an end to
1: all life as we know it. All because they couldn't stand the sight of two dogs fucking fuck ass to ass.
0: So it was around this time, obviously, that I was getting into thrash. I was really into uh, DRI as well, and the liner notes. I have them here in front of me for uh, this album. This was during the Gulf War that this album was put out, and there is a, I guess, a, a poem of sorts written in the end of the liner notes, titled "Persian Soup." One medium-sized Kuwaiti oil field, 500,000 Iraqi ground troops, several thousand women and children. Lots of sand. Make a thick black stock with Kuwaiti oil field. Tenderize ground troops for a couple of weeks with carpet bombing, then add to stock. Season to taste with mustard or nerve gas. Cook mixture for one microsecond at 25,000 degrees with one Israeli nuclear bomb. Pour soup over a bed of hot sand and garnish with several thousand women and children. Serves one world. So, yeah, they were political. The Toronto scene for music in the eighties and nineties was amazing and for those of you who were not around for it I am sad that Toronto isn't what it used to be it had a history of live music going well back to the sixties when Yorkville was the place to be and there were so many so many bars and clubs across the city where you could go and hear live music and one band that was really well known in the east end of the city was the lowest of the low. They put out an album in 1991 called Shakespeare My Butt and they actually reference a couple of landmarks from the east side, both the Carlaw Bridge and a pub called The Only. Although I've always been to borrow a phrase from the Pet Shop Boys, a West End girl, I actually went to The Only once just so I could say that I had been there and ended up walking under the Carlaw Bridge to get there. This was one that didn't get a ton of play as well, but it's really pretty. This is The Lowest of the Low, Subversives.
4: There's a market value on love, we're getting something for free, I don't know why but when we're apart, something makes me want to start, setting fires and kicking down doors, I hope we never have to resort to dividing what is mine. There's something coercive about the way some people smile Wide open as if to say, come on in and browse a while And sometimes when your resistance is low Remember that I know who's your favorite poke Place in my soul where no one else can adore you. And like the poet soldier says, I would spill my blood for you. There's nothing conclusive in this whole world, cause flags can change. and there's many towns left to burn but somewhere between there and here for one night hold me near and sing my shallow tears and we'll drink but not to forget but to remember
1: instead all our happy
0: to check. The Dayglow's album I was thinking of with Reagan's on the cover was Fetus of Fetus. Although Blue Rodeo was founded in the mid-80s and they were very well established by the early 90s, my having gone to some of the earliest Edge Fests when they were still at Molson Park, meant that they were always sort of on the fringes of my awareness, no matter what kind of music I was into, simply because I had listened to them for a very long time. And when they put out Casino in 1991, I found myself really enjoying a couple of songs from that album, in particular this next one. This is Blue Rodeo's Trust Yourself.
1: Someday soon and I don't know when The world will come crashing in Don't think twice, say I'll be around Turn your back, someone's gonna let you down Know that it's true Nobody let you on, left that to Now you'll
3: be alone when the sun comes up Your tattered little dreams and a
1: broken cup Then you'll have to trust yourself And don't believe in any more lies
0: The Grapes of Wrath were also pretty busy. After the massive success of 1989's Now and Again, they put out another album, their fifth, in 1991, titled These Days. Three singles were released from that album, the first being I Am Here and the third being A Fishing Tale. The one that did the best was the second single released from These Days, titled You May Be Right, and that's the song we're going to listen to next from 1991's These Days. This is The Grapes of Wraths. You may be right. for A second about Sarah McLaughlin. She was, as mentioned earlier, on the network label along with Reese Fulber of Frontline Assembly and a number of others, including the Grapes of Wrath and Mauve, who were actually the ones that discovered her when she was 17. And there was some drama in her early days around her first album, Touch, which came out in 1988 on network. One of the members of 5440 claimed that he had taught her how to sing, and there was a lawsuit. Eventually, the judge ruled in her favour, and life went on. Her first album got enough attention that she was able to make a second album, this one titled Solace, And it was actually this album that started me writing poetry. I don't know exactly what it was about it, but it inspired me. From that album, we are going to listen to the song Into the Fire. was born in Brooklyn. He grew up in Ontario and ended up releasing an album called Angel Food for Thought in 1991. It was an odd album in that it was a lot of spoken word poetry pieces set to music. And there was one standout on the album called The Sweater. It's very quotable to a point where my mom and I used to quote bits of it at each other and then burst into laughter. One hundred percent acrylic. This is Marin Cadell's The Sweater.
5: I know you will understand this, and feel the intrinsic, incredible emotion. You have just pulled over your head the worn, warm sweater belonging to a boy. Now you haven't had a passionate kissing session or anything, but you got to go on a camping trip with him and eight other people from school. And you practically slept together, your sleeping bag right next to his. And you woke in the night to watch him as he slept, but you couldn't see anything because it was dark, so you just lay there and listened to his breathing and wondered if your heart might burst has that slightly goat-like smell which all teenage boys possess, and that smell will lovingly transfer to all your other clothes. If you get to keep it for a few days, you can sleep with it, but don't let your mom see because she'll say, what is that filthy thing, and who does it belong besides the trash man? So you have to keep it under the covers with you. You can kind of lie it beside you, or wrap it around your waist, or touch it on your legs, or whatever, but that's your business. Now, if the sweater has, like, reindeer on it, or is a funny color like yellow, I'm sorry, you can't get away with a sweater like that. Look for brown or gray or blue, anything other than that, and you know you're dealing with someone who's different. And different is not what you're looking for. You're looking for those teenage alpine ski chiseled features and that sort of blank look which passes for deep thought, or at least the notion that someone's home. You're looking for the boy of your dreams, who is the same boy in the dreams of all of your friends. Now the sweater isn't going to fit you, of course. You have to kind of roll up the sleeves in a jaunty way that says this is the sweater belonging to a boy and the boy is a genuine hunk, a hunk of burnin' love and this is not just some hand-me-down from your brother or your father. Monday, wear the sweater to school. Be calm, look cute. Don't tell the a dream you had about the place the two of you would share when you get older. Just be yourself. The best, cutest quietest version of yourself. Definitely win look past. He looks at you, and he looks away, and then he walks away and the smell of the sweater hits you again suddenly like ape-scent Gloriola and you get a note passed you by a girl in history that says he needs a sweater back, you forgot that you put it on in a tent on Saturday and he's been looking for it. And you don't have to die of humiliation. You, know. you are a strong person and this is a learning experience. You can still hold your head up high as you run from the classroom tearing the stinking sweater from your body. You look at that sweater carefully, and you realize that love made you temporarily blind. You got a secret now, honey, and though you would never sink as low as him, you could blab it all over the school if you wanted. The label in that sweater said 100% acrylic.
0: next up we've got one from a band out of Halifax and there was actually what was called the Halifax Explosion and I'm not referring to the ship from 1917 although there's part of me that wonders if there was ever a band called Mont Blanc. I have a note in my head to myself to look into that full explosion scene that happened but it was basically in the early 90s and a ton of alt-rock acts came out of nowhere and some people dubbed it Canada's answer to the Seattle grunge scene. I'm not entirely convinced that you can draw that full parallel, but okay, sure. I guess if it makes it easier for people to relate to, that's fine. Sloan put out their first EP, which was called the Peppermint EP, in 1991 or early 92, and it was well-received. So much so that in 1992, they released a full LP called Smeared. And the track that got the most notice was one that was featured on both the EP and the LP. They were pretty much the same, except that the one on Smeared was a little bit more polished, which makes sense. It was under a full-size label rather than... Copied out of someone's basement or garage. We're going to be listening to the version that was on Smeared. This is Sloan's Underwhelmed.
1: She was underwhelmed if that's a word. I know it's not because I looked it up. That's one of the skills that. Ate my young
0: hard for me to overstate the level of cross-pollination within the Canadian music scene. While it was vast geographically, there were so many little threads that ended up catching on one another. For instance, one of the members of Sloan was wearing a band t-shirt by this next band in their video for that song, Underwhelmed. In addition to that, members of this next band, Change of Heart, were also tied to Crash Vegas, The Tragically Hip, Blue Rodeo, Triple Charger, The Killjoys, some connections as well to Bare Naked Ladies and Rio Statics. And it just, it goes on. Change of Heart has been around in multiple formations since the late 80s. And this is actually from their fourth album, Smile. This song is called Yeah, It Matters we
1: find all the answers Read it inside of your Much is forsaken, and fall opinions with your own advice. Looking back without a slant, we should have learned by now. We can only take so.
0: started out under the name Painted Black, and changed their name after one of the members left to The Walk. Their second album, which was called In so Much, came out in 1992, and the track we're going to listen to from The Walk is called Annalisa. Next up, we've got a band that comes to us from Vancouver, BC. And they formed in 1991, but their first album came out in 1992, and it was called Peel, which was a play on their name, rhymes with orange. From that album, this is their cover of The Small Faces' Ichiku Park. If the name Small Faces seems like it should be familiar, that's because we listened to them during one of the Concept Albums episodes. They are the gents behind the Ogden's Nut Gone Flake album. And speaking of bands with a slightly silly bent, the next couple of acts I have for you are a little bit silly. Furnace Face, who I've actually played before on this show during the Filthy Fifteen and Friends episode, have a number of songs that are both silly and political. One that was a favorite when the album Just Buy It came out in 1992 was titled She Thinks She's Fat. From Furnace Face, this is She Thinks She's Fat.
4: Let's take a look at your love life. Whoever originated the phrase, the way to a man's heart is through the stomach, must have been referring to the cancer girl. You really know how to dine a man and seduce him with all sorts of tempting and exotic dishes, don't you? This is fine, but just make sure you don't get nervous and start nibbling too much during the preparation of all this delectable food because you tend to put on weight easily. Then you may find that the romantic atmosphere of the candlelight dinner you've taken such pains to prepare is not quite so effective.
1: My girlfriend thinks she's fat She doesn't look fat to me Girls always think they're fat I think they read too many magazines. I take her out to dinner. She hardly eats a thing. She calls herself a cow. And I say, How about a little? How about a little? How about a little? About a little? bestiality My girlfriend thinks she's fine She doesn't look bad to me Girls always think they're fine. I think they read too many magazines Take her to a movie She doesn't like what she sees But she eats ten buttered popcorn And then she throws, up. Yeah, she throws up Oh, then she throws up yeah, she throws I said up. then she throws up She throws up In the sink She's fat She doesn't look fat to me Girls always think they're fat I think they read too many magazines She's always on a diet I hear about it every day She says none of her clothes fit But you know what? I like her better I like her better I like her better I like her better better Without them Anyway My girlfriend thinks she's fat She doesn't look Always think they're fat. I think they read too many magazines. Now I don't know why you think you're fat, baby. You make me feel so bad when you say, Tom, am I fat? I don't know what to say.
0: Next up in our slightly silly selections is an act called Quirky and the Juice Pigs. They do a lot of silly stuff, and the song that I am going to play for you is from their EP called Buck-A-Song, which came out in 1992, and it's called Rock Steady.
1: I straight pants in the dryer. Cause tonight, I'm gonna go downtown. I'm gonna set this rock and roll world on fire. Yes! Rock city! Rock, rock. rock. City. rock. City. mama mom gets here already. Rock
3: city! mom gets already. Dad, you great big fat catless pig. Can I borrow the car?
4: I'm gonna go downtown tonight. And play some mean kick-ass
1: Rock and roll guitar Ah! Rock, steady Rock, steady
3: I'm having a party this weekend at my place while my parents are away in jail. Oh, right on. The last time I came to one of those parties, I got into some really heavy drugs. I snorted four bottles of Tristan, and my brain shriveled up to the size of a pea. Yeah, I remember people passing around and looking at it in the kitchen. Right on. Hey, Hey, dude. I heard you got a new job at Mickey D. Yeah, I'm the new deep fryer guy there, man. Right on. Really
5: great. My first time I got so drunk, i kicked into the deep fryer. <laughs> it's okay, though, because before the manager noticed, I put it into those little pots. I'm All right,
1: right
5: on the best!
1: <laughs> Rocksteady! <laughs>
0: This next band, their music isn't quite so silly, they do seem to have a sense of humour about themselves. They originally formed in Saskatchewan, Regina specifically, in 1987, and they were originally known as Neurotic Paperboy before, according to Wikipedia, changing their name to The Waltons. This was derived from the fact that the lead singer had the name Walton from a bandmate in another project. but. Plum sometimes joked that the band hoped to be sued by the producers of the television series, The Waltons, for their free publicity. Their first official album, after a couple of independent demos, was called Like My Tractor, but it was spelled L-I-K, so in my head I always referred to it as Lick My Tractor. This album had a couple of singles, including Colder Than You, which did really well, but my favorite was always one that was right toward the end of the album. I think it's maybe even the last track called The Naked Rain, and that's what we're going to be listening to next. This from their album, Like My Tractor, which came out in 1991. This is The Walton's Naked Rain. Up next we've got a band that hi, has Toronto roots. They were a group of York University students, probably main campus though. Nobody knows about Glendon except for us, right? Yeah. They actually formed in 1985 and initially they were called the Icons but they changed their name to Thirteen Engines, and from what would be their fourth album under that name, Perpetual Motion Machine, this is the title track. From 1993, this is Thirteen Engines. band up is out of Ottawa and their first album was called McLaren Furnace Room which in my head I always mashed into McLaren Furnace Face Room because of the band Furnace Face. This song was not one of the big singles off McLaren Furnace Room but it is one of my favorites from that album. This is the Watchman must to be free.
3: Day. And I still can't Fade the pain I Thought I'd have the strength to look the other way But the sand drew me insane Left the mountain Only yesterday Still the mountain calls my name If I find myself there Come drag me away I just can't seem to get ready Just can't seem to keep my hands steady Oh man, what does it take? Cause I must to be
1: freaking I must to be freaky Talk to
3: Moses only yesterday Man, how you part that sea Side of hand, the whole land and destination? free here.
0: had a couple of iterations before they really hit it big. They started in 88 as After All and then in 89 they changed their name to The Grin Factory and then in 92 after getting discovered they got signed to Warner Reprise and had chosen the name Pure. Pure actually really made it big in large part because one of their singles got picked up for a movie called Cool World, which you may remember if you were around during that time. It was the partially animated movie. I think Kim Basinger was in it? I can't remember who else. I, I Honestly, I'm not sure I ever saw it. Anyway, I didn't realize that they were Canadian, but yeah, they're from Vancouver, and this is from their first album as Pure. The album was called Purifinalia, and the track from 1993, is spiritual pollution. As a kid I had these Disney read-along records where you would have the book and a record and you would play the record and read along with the book and every time you got to a point where you were supposed to turn the page there would be a little chime to let you know it was time to turn the page. Because this episode has been recut with a bonus episode This is the point at which you're going to have to turn the page. I'll see you in a moment in episode 102.